Are you looking to grow your lawn and landscape business and you are realizing, shoot, I know how to get clients. And if you don't, ahem, listen to some of the past episodes. But you're thinking, okay, I know how to get clients now, but I still have to go out and hire more people to do the work and to be profitable while doing the work. And maybe you've had some guys come and go, but nobody really sticks, and it's super hard to find good help these days. You know, you know, how the heck are you gonna supposed like how are you supposed to find these employees and find ones that actually stick around so that all this growth that you're getting, all these new clients, it's actually worth it instead of just flushing money down the toilet and stressing more and, and all this other stuff for absolutely nothing. In this episode, I'm gonna be breaking down the seven major things that I look for when hiring my employees. Uh, and why that means I have to structure my company in an entirely different way and where I'm finding these people. Welcome to Finding A-Player Employees, the episode, and welcome to the Motivated Lawn Care Show, the podcast designed to help you grow your lawn and landscape business far beyond the six-figure mark so you can stop living paycheck to paycheck and start building the business uh, and the life of your dreams sooner and easier than you ever thought possible. I'm your host, Caleb Newman, and I personally scaled my business from two clients just four or five years ago to close to $300,000 this past year uh, in revenue. And I've also had the opportunity to help a handful of guys just like you grow their businesses as well, which has been super cool to see. And we are tracking down the seven-figure mark in 2024. And I'm going to say this right here right now. We're going to absolutely destroy the seven-figure mark in 2024. But with that being said, um, if you're looking to prepare yourself to find vet and higher quality employees, to keep your growing business chugging along at light speed, this is the episode for you. And as a quick heads up, you're gonna wanna stick to the end as I'm gonna give you guys the exact websites I used to find my employees and I prepared and put together a template for you guys to use um, that I use in my job descriptions to hire my guys for less money, spend less money going out there hiring new people while still getting better employees, okay? Again, there is going to be uh, more information on how to get this link here at the end. So listen to the end, and it's only really going to make sense if you actually know, you know, where are we finding these people, okay? And what have I found works and what doesn't really work, okay? So let's talk about the first thing, vetting employees, okay? Let's talk about those seven things that I care about, okay? And you're like, oh my God, seven? It's very simple. It all is going to make so much sense. Trust me, you're probably going to remember this. So... I want to, uh, before we even say that, I want to say this. If they have experience and they are good at what they do and they aren't working for a competitor of yours, there is a reason why. Okay. If it says they've worked at another company and they've got extensive training, I need you to call that company and be like, okay, well, what's the, what's the deal with this guy? Okay. There is a reason. I'm going to tell you this right here, right now. They can be insanely good at their task, but there is a reason why they no longer work for the other company. Maybe they showed up late every day. Uh, they showed up hammered one day. Um, they're cursing other employees. They're bad for culture. There is a reason that they no longer work there anymore. Okay. And sometimes the reason is they are so petty. I just talked to another guy that I, I, I interviewed. Um, a day or two ago, or I only did a phone interview with him because I was like, I'm not hiring this guy ever, um, was talking about, uh, I guess, a competitor, but a, a really good friend of mine, his business. And he was like, yeah, you know, they only care about making money and they're just, they, you know, they're known for their high churn. And I'm like, okay, first off, our industry is just high churn because people like you work for us. Um, you know, and they're like, oh, I, I was just a number to them. Da, da, da. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm going to treat you pretty similar. I know they treat their guys maybe not quite as well as I would, but I don't even want to deal with somebody like that. Like, 
I don't even need somebody to come to the table with entitlement. I hate entitlement, okay? That is one thing that if the minute that, like, you come out there, like, if you start talking about your truck, I start pulling hair out of my head, dude. When people start talking about, oh, this is my truck, and if the trucks are different, I'm going to tell you this right here, right now. If you do not have the same exact truck, some guys will like certain trucks, and that nice, expensive truck, you know, the one that you're like, ah, you know, it was just what was available, and I had to get the, the you know, a nicer one, that truck Somebody's going to be like, oh, I, I claim it. I, I deserve that truck. I, I, you know, people will just begin to justify and rationalize things in their in their brain. Those are not good people to have on your team in general because number one, they're going to ask for more money than they are worth. It's just going to happen, or and then they're going to threaten to leave. And because of their ego, they're going to leave for no good reason and cause you stress the entire time. Not worth it. Okay, entitled people. You know what I'm talking about. If you're one of those people who's like. No, I deserve, you don't deserve squat, okay? You don't deserve anything. You earn it through hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. That is how you earn it. You earn a position in my company by providing value to me and my clients. That's it. Take care of me and my business, and I will take care of you and your family. If they're not willing to do that or they believe that I should take care of them, um, you know, or I am going out there and taking care of them because I want to do that first. I want to pay it forward, but they don't appreciate it. And they believe that that is the base standard at which any company will hire them at. And they just become delusion and they lose touch with the competitive reality. That's a little rant for you guys, but I just, I cannot do entitlement. Okay. If somebody comes into your business and they're talking about that they have to have this or they have to have that or they have to wear their lucky socks or they have to have a smoke break or they have to. I just say, no, I'm not doing that because then I agree that you have to have this thing. That's the only way that you'll join is if you have to have this stupid thing. And all of a sudden they they say to themselves, well, I run this show. I run this show. This is really my business. I know how to – and it's like, no, you just got to get rid of those people. Can't be having that, okay? Hire for attitude, not aptitude. And we're going to go through this right here with the seven things, okay? Number one, effort. Okay, how hard do they work? What does their resume look like? I can tell you by most people's resume if I actually want to hire them. People that I want to hire, there's no like, maybe their resume is a little bit stupid. They add in stupid details. Like one guy was like, I drove a, you know, uh, and he had like the exact years, like 2018 GMC Sierra 3500, um, pulling a trailer with a 2017 Polaris uh, Ranger 574. It was just like so specific and you're like, why do I care, dude? Why is this in your resume? Like for me, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's good. You can tow a trailer. But for most people, if you're just applying to like any job, like what what are you thinking, dude? But you'll see that there is a high level of effort. One of my favorites, all-time favorite employees, uh, his name is Seth. Seth is the man. Seth is the goat. He's, I will say it here, he doesn't really know what he's doing with snow plowing. And so we need to work on training him. However, the effort that he put into his resume when I when I called him, um, I wasn't my socks weren't knocked off based on our phone conversations, but his resume was so good, was so good. Like it, a human wrote his resume, like he wrote his resume, and he was just like really like this. This was challenging. This was kind of cool. I would like to do something like this similar. And he had good answers for me. And he was just I could tell he was more passionate about things. He put effort into things. Okay, how often do they check in via text during the interview process? How hard are they trying to communicate? And then I would also kind of double check because some people. Um, they'll like go crazy during like trying to get the job. And as soon as they get the job, boom, they'll just stop putting in effort. You can tell by the resume. Okay. Look at the resume. If they follow up really good, but the resume is trash. Let me tell you right now that the, the kind of person that's just going to gonski. like they're at the minute they come on, they're going to get lazy and you got to fire them. You got to go get another person. It's just a waste of time. If their resume is not at least have details and 
okay grammar. It doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody gets it perfect. I mean, I'm sure if I wrote up my resume, I'd have a typo or two. It just happens. My grammar might not be perfect in this one section. It just happens, okay? Um, but to see that somebody put in effort is huge. And then see how hard are they trying to communicate. And then as long as that aligns with the quality and the amount of effort that it looks like they put into their resume, because sometimes people will just they're just spamming people. They're just throwing stuff out there. The one guy I met with today, he was like, I sent 136 applications. And I'm like, and he's like, I've only gotten, you know, two calls and two in-person interviews. One is with you and one is with another person. I'm like, dude, there's a reason why your your resume is trash, you know? And, and I kind of knew that. I was like, I'm just going to meet with them anyway and just kind of see what's going on here. Um, but yeah, it, the, the resume speaks for itself. And then they try to communicate really hard because all of a sudden they realize, oh, my original effort isn't worth it. When in the beginning, if they just put the effort forward, so I'm going to use this as a practical example, what will happen is they will not get their work done. Then you're going to threaten to fire them and then they'll kick into gear. I don't need to be dealing with that. I don't need drama. I don't need to be up people's rear end all day, every day, telling them to do their basic job that I hired them for. Okay. So number one, effort. Number two, desire. How bad do they want to please you, keep your job and how persistent is that desire, right? Does it line up with past work history? Um, does that desire wane? Okay. So what do I mean by that? Past work history. If you look at their past work history and they're like, oh dude, you know, I really want this job and they really want to please you and they really want it. It's actually a good thing in the interview process if they're kind of looking to like, they're like kind of seeing what you, you are looking for and they're kind of like, yeah, I, I, I could do that. You know, it's actually a decent thing. It means that they're willing to um, slot into your company. Um, and so you have a lot more negotiation terms in, in those conversations. Um, what I would say though, is that does that line up with their resume? How long have they been at the past couple companies? If they're bouncing from job to job every six months, every year, every two years, I'm going to tell you ex that the exact length of their last job is probably what, how long they'll be with you. So do you really want someone for six months? Of course not. I'm barely breaking even on the training period for that guy. Like that's just a waste of my time. Um, but you do need to, you do need to watch that and say, Hey, if he said, if he's putting in a lot of effort and he clearly wants this and he's been at a job for three, four years, and then six years before that, and two years before that, and four years before that, I'm going to say he's probably legit, right? His desire is probably not going to give out day one. Cause a lot of times when you see those six month guys, they just get boardies, they move on. Um, and their desire just kind of wanes. So that's another thing. So that's number two, desire. Number three, humility. Will they be willing to learn it? Um, and to do it your way and not talk bad behind your back. Okay, this is huge. A lot of guys who come pre-trained, this is why I, I, I hire for attitude, not aptitude. The pre-trained guys have been trained a different way by a different company on how to do something. It's totally different, okay? Maybe they want to go super fast. Maybe they want to take their time like it's stupid, right? There's just moments where it's just like, dude, I like I, if you're not trainable, if I can't tell you that you're doing something wrong because – I will tell you, there will be points where the employees are better than you at certain things. And then they're like, no, 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 my way is better. And you're like, no, my way is better, but clearly it doesn't work as well for you. But you know why it works and they're just fighting you about it. You don't want that. If they if they don't clearly have a high level of humility, if they're not respectful, which is basically like if, they have, or if they're very respectful for you, uh, they're probably pretty humble. Um, Big, big red flag here. We had a guy that I interviewed. I hired him. I ended up having to fire him. He's very good at what he does, but there's a reason that he doesn't stick around in any companies. Um, and I showed up. He's wearing a hoodie, and he kept one AirPod in the entire time. I'm like, I don't know if he's listening to music, but, like, he could just take that out of his ear. He's wearing a hoodie. Like, what is this guy doing? Like, he slumped over. He's, like, wearing the hood over his head. I just 
don't do it, okay? If they're not showing you respect, they're not going to have humility, not worth it. Thing number four, speed to learning, okay? This is an incredible asset as they will hit their KPIs or key uh, performance indicators. So they're going to hit their numbers really quickly. But as a warning, you need to pr promote, incentivize, and create new positive, like, good challenges so not like if you don't do this you're fired but like if you do this you get a bonus type thing you need to do that constantly people who learn really really quickly i'm kind of middle of the road i mean compared to like people who work in lawn care landscaping in the real like adult capable human being world i'm pretty i'm on the lower end of things when it comes to speed of learning some people are on the really high end of things they learn it in like two days and they're just goaded like they're insanely good at it immediately you need to constantly give them new things to, to master, otherwise they will get bored and leave, okay? So that's a little caveat, but obviously speed to learning is a huge thing. So if you give them a little piece of information that you're asking them, hey, what would you do in this situation? Then And they start asking you like two or three questions, and then they spit out like a really good answer, you should probably be like, okay, well, they probably learn really fast. Okay, thing number five, okay, culture bumping. Do they add or detract from the culture? Are they passive or intentional? Um because as they are, so will other employees become. Even if you have kind of intentional employees and then you have a super passive employee, they'll just kind of match that. Everybody just kind of goes to the lowest point. Um, you know, you're only as strong as your, leak, your weakest link. And so this is huge. Are they going to add or detract from culture? Thing number six, A players, okay? Let me let me define terms here. C players need checked up all the on all the time. B players never need checked on and always do what they're told, just as good as you can do it. And A players make you look stupid at what you do. Okay, case in point, we hired our first office person, Tammy, and she's doing outbound sales for um, for our commercial prospecting. I'm going to tell you right here, right now, I can probably pump out 15 calls an hour if I'm really killing it, 20. She will literally load up her computer, load up the sheet, get on everything. And by the way, she's a little bit older than me. She's not very used to Apple products, which I gave her an iPhone um, to call people with. And she's pumping out 20 of these. I'm like, dude, I, I this is crazy. She does 20 of them in an hour. And so these are the people who make you look stupid. That is an A player there. Now, she hasn't been around for a super long time. She hasn't really done any other tasks. There's a couple of little things that are like, ah, you know, really wouldn't want to do it this way, wouldn't want to deal with that. But there are things that you just, you weren't thinking about it. And then all of a sudden they're like, they offer the suggestion and they're like, oh, by the way, I've been doing this since the very beginning, but here's a note that I've added for each of the properties that has X, Y, and Z, because I think we could save money like this or get more clients like that. And you're like, what? That's crazy. And so if you start seeing signs that they're the kind of person who will just out achieve you, hire this person, okay? And keep them challenged constantly and give them incentives constantly because they will find another better job offer. Um, thing number seven, the final one, okay? High standards, okay? They may need more pay, more hours, and more benefits, but the same standards they have for you, the same high standards for what you give them for employment, as long as it's realistic considering your resume and, and you know all the things that I just mentioned above, right? If they hit every single one of those metrics, they're probably gonna want a little bit more than just Joe Schmo because they probably worked at a half decent job before because they're probably a half decent person in general, okay? And because of that, it can become the same standard that you, if you're staying on top of things, can apply to them as well. If they're holding you to a high standard, you remind them of that standard and you say, okay, you're holding me to a very high standard. I'm going to hold you to a very high standard. And it generally works well. They understand and they they capitulate. So I'm going to run through this seven one more time. Just say it out loud. So effort is the first one. Desire is the second one. Humility, speed to learning, culture bumping, A players, and high standards. Now, you will need to structure your business differently if you're looking for this kind of person. Okay, You need to invest a lot more in training your employees, both time-wise and money-wise. 
um, because you will be finding people who don't maybe don't have past experience in the industry because you just you can't. They're like, again, like there's a reason why pre-trained people are looking for jobs because they suck in some area. Okay, there is there are exceptions where the old business went out of business, but generally that's one or two employees floating out there. They get snapped up immediately, right? Unless you're the first one, they're going to get snapped up immediately, okay? And you'll spend more time weeding through applicants, okay? You're going to spend more time and more money, and you'll have to probably pay more, but you'll love your team culture, but your guys will stay twice as long, which is going to save you time and money and headache down the road. It's going to pay for itself in time and money. And on top of that, you're going to blow productivity metrics and quality metrics out of the water. You just destroy those, okay? Uh, you'll enjoy showing up to work. You actually enjoy working because they're great people to work with. And um, all the, you can't find good help these days, bullcrap will just disappear from your mind because the issue was never the people, it was you, okay? So when you structure it differently, just know it's going to cost you more money. It's going to take you more time. Welcome to the real world. Welcome to big boy world, right? Let's put on our big boy pants and let's go out there and actually be intentional and say, maybe the problem isn't that there's no good help these days. The problem is you are not properly incentivizing them or building a good business for them or giving them a good job or a good career right? That nobody says, I want to go mow lawns for a living and raise a family on that. Nobody says that. But if you can give them an opportunity to do that and say, if you are willing to hit these numbers and make these things happen for me, I'm willing to pay you that much money, the money that you need. And if you have an issue, you say, hey, I can't afford this anymore. I need more hours. I need more this. I need more that. I will add responsibilities to your plate. I will do these things. I will make sacrifices. It's people here. You know, people is our priority here. You're going to keep great people and the headaches will be gone. And trust me, the money will come. Now, let's talk about where to find these people. I know this is long awaited. I'm going to keep this super simple. To start the cycle and to feed the applicant funnel because you just it's a funnel, right? You start with a bazillion people and you just filter through all of them until you found the perfect people, okay? Three things that I found that work well. There's other job posting platforms. I just haven't seen the same results for them, to be honest with you. Um, not as good of a bang for your buck. Indeed, number one bang for your buck, okay? Zip Recruiter, number two bang for your buck. Number three, posting on your social media platforms. I'm not saying posting on groups and posting outside, but the f- people who follow your group, and once you get to a certain size and and people know who you are um, and they see you coming up and growing, people will be interested and they'll follow your journey. And there will be a couple of potential employees following your journey who are gonna be fantastic additions to your team who have seen you from day one, and they're like, dude, I wanna be a part of this growing company, okay? And when you put that out there, every once in a while, you snag the right person, okay? It's worth just putting it out there. From there, you want to hire those ideal employees that I just went over, and again, it's gonna cost money. It's gonna take so much time to train them. A lot of times, it's a compromise. It's like, dude, we can't do as much work now. I'm not going to make a lot of money right now, but I need to train these guys really well. It is super important. We are selling labor, people. So the better labor we have, the better we're going to do, okay? So you find these ideal employees, right? And you want you ideally want to find people that if you had a clone of these people and you had like a whole army of them, you'd be happy, you'd be making money, you'd spend less time staying on top of people like this person like if you built an army of them you could build out the business from underneath you i can tell you right here right now if i built i had an army of me eh, we, we would not be building out the business because i would just get bored i'd move on the incentives would never be enough i go start a business right so what kind of people do we need great ask them about their friends 
crazy idea. Ask them about their friends. If you want to hire a second version of this person, ask them about their friends. People generally hang out with people like them. So that's an easy way of creating a clone army. Also, don't just ask for the unemployed or looking for a job friends because those are generally the lower tier friends. Ask for the friends who already have jobs. Ask them about their friends. Ask them. This is why you ask your employees about their personal lives. Yeah, da da da. This guy. Oh, gotcha. Oh, what does he do for work? Oh, he does this. He works at a, yeah, a tire shop, and he's the manager for a tire shop. He's getting a little bit tired there, but he's got a family. He's got mouths to feed. Da 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 da. And you're like, well, if this guy is what I think he is, like stealing them. Like most people, if they are unemployed and on the market, like this, these are the bottom level of people in the world. Okay. You ideally want to find people who already have jobs and maybe aren't even thinking of leaving their jobs and making them such an incredible offer that they come to you guys, right? That is that is the ultimate goal and key, okay? So indeed, ZipRecruiter, post on social media, create a funnel, find your ideal employees, ask them about their friends, and go from there and continue the funnel. If you're not getting enough people who are friends and that kind of thing, feed the top of the funnel with Indeed, ZipRecruiter, and your social media platforms, okay? With that being said, here's what I want you to do right here, right now. It's going to be good um, if you jot this down. Something that you you want to remember. Okay, look at your current employees. Which employees, and so this is the first one, which employees, if cloned, could you build the foundation for a multi, 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 multi-million dollar business off of? Okay, the ones you keep around just because you need the extra hand, whatever, get a replacement for them, right? Now it's the middle of the winter. You got plenty of time to replace somebody for the spring. Trust me, plenty of time. I know these unicorns, oh, there's there's no way this unicorn's out there. Bro, you got two months to find this person. Don't even tell, don't even talk to me about it. What is this? February to March, March to April. Yeah, you got two months, maybe even more than two months to find this person. Come on, that's ridiculous. Like this is will be one of your biggest tasks to do. And you're telling me you can't find a couple of good people to replace your crappy people. Because trust me, when that those low-level people leave, all your mid-level people are going to rise to the occasion. Okay, number two, post a job listing now and spend a few dollars a day. Yes, you have to spend money. Again, put the big boy pants on for this one. Spend a few dollars a day and use this time as a runway to find the best potential employees. It also gives you an experience of like scrolling through resumes. Once you've seen enough of them, the, the A players are going to just pop out. So you're going to know what they look like. Um, and you'll you'll kind of know from the initial phone interviews as well. You'll be like, okay, this guy's a beast, right? His resume is eh, pretty mid, not bad. Um, I can see why he'd write it this way. But I spoke to him on the phone. I was like, this guy is a savage. We need this guy. Um, and then number three, before you post the job listing, make sure you're pitching the job. You're selling it, okay? Your job listing should never, ever, ever be a list of qualifications. It's, it needs to be a sales pitch. Below, I'm going to link a template that I used to make my ads stand out. Trust me, eight players who have other jobs right now in like different fields, not in lawn care and landscaping, will pass your random job listing right by, okay? You need to draw them in and pre-sell them on working for you because a lot of the guys that you're looking for, you probably don't want someone who's been doing lawn care and landscaping for 20 years years. So with that being said, there's a template down below. Those three things, again, look at your current employees, who needs replaced. Number two is look for, start looking for replacements for them. And number three, when you post, use the template that I have linked down below. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and I will catch you guys next week. Peace.